Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda with Rebecca Fredericks. She's a school teacher for 28 years, started challenging the teachers' union, took them to the Supreme Court. She's making a documentary called Whose Children Are They? We're going to ask her all about her journey today. We're also going to talk to Alexandra Bruce from ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net. She has a breaking news update for us. It's going to be a great show. Stay with us. Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. Just telling you about uh, Rebecca Fredericks, 28-year school teacher who took teachers unions to the Supreme Court, has a really great documentary coming out called Whose Children Are They? Let's take a look at this documentary before we bring her on. Public education has gone off the rails. Once you get into this idea that it's really the government's job to educate children, uh, you end up in a very, very dangerous place, and I don't see anything good coming out of that. When we look at this radical agenda, the way our children are being exploited and the way parents are getting shut out, it comes down to one fundamental question. Whose children are they? Whose children are they? Whose children are they? ¿De quién son esos niños? Whose children are they? Where did this idea come from that we're even asking whose children are they? It's where all the money is. It's why the union is there. It's why it's so corrupt. Now it's about power and money and politics and somehow the kids are getting lost in all of that. Our teachers are bullied. Parents are shut out. America as we know it is being reimagined in a very dangerous way. I just like to fire it in my butt and that's why I want to put a stop to critical race theory so that a lot of friendships can be saved and that we can just all get along. You know, I hesitate to say that there was a silver lining to COVID, but parents suddenly had this window into what their children were learning day in and day out. Critical race theory is dividing our children in ways that are unacceptable. It pits one race against another. You cannot use racism to eradicate racism. Less than one third of America's school children are proficient in anything. They're teaching these kids X-rated sex acts. I don't want my daughter exposed to that. The school system wants to indoctrinate us teachers first before we indoctrinate your kids. Certain ways of thinking are approved and certain ways of thinking are not. They sentenced me to jail because I wanted a better education for my daughters. They're not interested in tolerance. Their whole goal is to intimidate, to silence the opposition. There's so much damage done by the lockdown on the students. Days turned into weeks and then months. It doesn't actually surprise me that there's been um, more suicides. I know I've had those thoughts. They told me 
If you want to teach, you'll sign. We want to make sure that teachers know that you do have another option. Right now in schools, it is not safe to be a teacher. This was the most preventable mass murder in American history. Less than 30 seconds, it was done. And my daughter was murdered at the school. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're a mom and a dad first. And if we lose this battle on the educational front, then we lose not only our country, but we lose our kids. And we lose the ability to bring our children up the way that we want. They are assaulting parental rights. They are not respecting our cultures, our values. They're not respecting our voice. The reality is we're not dissenters, we're the parents. So the question has to be asked. Wow, what a powerful trailer. Such a wake-up call. Let's bring Rebecca Fredericks on this show. How are you doing, Rebecca? Hey, Sean. I'm great. And it's Friedrichs. Oh, Friedrichs. Sorry about that. That's so okay. uh, tell, me, tell me about the very, very beginning when you were a school teacher and you first learned about the teachers' unions and how they worked. Well, I was 22 years old. I was a student teacher learning from an amazing master teacher. But next door to us was a teacher who every day... I would witness as she abused the kids. She would grab them and yank them and scream in their little faces. She mostly picked on the wiggly little boys who couldn't stand still if their lives depended on it. They were first graders, little six-year-olds came up to her waist. And I went to my master teacher and I said, I see some child abuse. And I've been told I'm supposed to report child abuse. It's the teacher next door. What do I do? And she said, Rebecca, today's the day you learn about teacher unions who defend teachers like that. And it's almost impossible to get rid of them. The kids are basically out of luck. And then she told me that those same unions were using teacher money to fund radical uh, leftist politics that most teachers didn't agree with at all. So that was my first experience of teacher unions. And then when I uh, signed my first contract a few months later, I was forced to fund unions. Wasn't forced to join, but I was forced to fund them for my whole career. What do you mean you're forced to fund them? There are some kind of fees that you still had to pay for some reason? That's exactly it. So um, we actually brought a lawsuit and stopped this. So I want your viewers to know that no one is forced to fund unions anymore. But all the way through 2018, for over 40 years, every government employee that was in a union shop uh, was forced to pay fees. So even if you were a non-member, you didn't have to be a member and you didn't have to pay dues, but you had to accept their representation and pay fees. And the fees were almost as high as the dues. For example, my husband was a non-member fee payer, a professor. He was paying $1,200 a year in fees to an organization that would uh, you know, file grievances against him if he wanted to get rid of a teacher who wasn't any good. So these unions misrepresent educators we don't like them. The majority of educators do not like them. And uh, they've li they're literally the reason that our schools are such a mess. They are the ones that infiltrated the teacher teaching profession, usurped our authority, usurped the authority of parents. And so uh, that's why I work so hard to try to expose them. And it would be my dream to get them out of our schools. So you, you wrote a book about this. 
and talked about all the different accounts that different people have had with the unions. It's interesting because the unions have a pretty good PR job. You know, they make it out like they're protecting teachers and their pay scale and so forth. So, uh, what, what's the what's the uh, the PR version of the unions versus the stark reality? <laughs> wow. Well, the unions control the media narrative, the mainstream media narrative. Uh, they even give me money to Media Matters, um, who have done hit pieces on me, by the way, because I dare to speak out against teacher unions. So um, what the teacher unions claim is that they stand for all teachers and that there's a few teachers like me who are you know, outliers, who are unhappy with them, but that most teachers are happy. And they claim that they uh, represent teachers and get them raises and make their jobs uh more wonderful, right? The reality is the so-called teacher unions use educators as pawns. They collect billions with a B annually tax-free. They use it all to fund a radical far-left political agenda that has nothing to do with teachers, that in fact is damaging teachers, undermining the teaching profession, dumbing down curriculum, uh, bringing uh, radical special interest groups into our schools, sexualizing our kids. Every problem we expose in our movie and that I exposed in my book, uh, they're all the fault of these so-called teacher unions. So the truth is they do not represent good teachers and they have created an absolute mess in our schools and they're trying to undermine our free republic, and they're getting away with it. Well, we have another clip to to go into this topic of teachers' unions, and then when we come back, I want to find out more about the solutions to this problem. Let's take a look at the clip. I taught for 21 years in St. Paul. The day you become a teacher in St. Paul, you're part of a union. I never had any problems with paying union dues. I was concerned with new racial equity policies that were being implemented to lower the suspensions of African-American students. We had a teacher who was assaulted in one of our high schools. I said, if we don't fix these policies, we're going to allow a segment of our population to do whatever they want in school, and they're not going to be held accountable. I don't think we are addressing the behavior correctly just because we wanted to close the numbers. I want the behavior to change, and I also want to have a discussion within my community. I went to a school board meeting. I said my piece. I didn't know that my union actually negotiated for these new racial equity guidelines. Almost immediately, I was faced with infractions I never had before. I waited an entire year to have representation from my union, and my union representative asked me to plead to an infraction that she knew I didn't do. And to add insult to injury, the union president of the St. Paul Federation of Teachers was forced, she said, to write a statement against me. I felt betrayed, I was shocked, I was hurt. This is my union a union that I believe that was there for me. If it wasn't for going to national TV, I got lucky. My story broke, they just laid off. You know, I'm like, nah, this is still wrong. So I I currently have a lawsuit against the St. Paul School District. I was always taught if you had an unjust employer, your union would always protect you. That didn't happen to me. That's why I'm so passionate about having the freedom not to pay union dues. I don't think all unions are bad. I just want a choice. His last words were interesting. I don't think all unions are bad. I just want to have a choice. So unions, in theory, could be a great thing, couldn't they? You know, is is, is this 
teachers union, you know, beyond repair or could it be reformed? I personally think the teacher unions are beyond repair. They don't want to be reformed. Uh, I served as a union rep for three years on my local and went to state level meetings. And I have other friends who still serve at state and national levels trying to change things from the inside. When we speak out at, you know, to protect children, we I have friends who've been speaking out against the radical sex ed for over 30 years. They've been spit upon. They've been barred from committees. They go up on the platform, they're booed off the platform. So these unions don't wanna be restored. They're doing exactly what they wanna do. And that is pretending to be teachers, masquerading as teachers so they can get access to the kids. And so the teachers can fund their very radical agenda. And about the unions, of course, a union should be a wonderful um, support for people. And there's two different types of unions. There's private sector unions and there's public sector unions. And I think there's probably still some good private sector unions unions out there. Um, but the government unions, most are completely corrupt. I mean, think about it. The CDC is unionized. Um, if you think about most of the problems in our country and you go back to the root of the problem, our agencies are unionized, our government agencies. And uh, many of these unions are very corrupt and they're not there to protect the employees. They're there to push a radical political agenda. And that's just wrong. You shouldn't be taking someone's you know, dues money uh, to use it to push politics in either direction. Absolutely. You said that they spit upon you. Are you talking about metaphorically? Or are you saying literally people can be spit upon if they go against the grain? I'm saying literally, and it wasn't me, it was my friends. Uh, actually, one of them tells her testimony in the movie. Um, they literally at the National Education Association for many years have been standing up against this radical agenda in protection of children and in defense of parents and in defense of our country. And my friends were literally spit upon by union leaders, booed off the stage. And also when they tried to walk back to their seat, this big thug blocked their way. They couldn't get down the aisle. So the unions use mafia tactics to control teachers and to terrify them. And I think that's immoral and wrong. And it's the reason that our schools are suffering. And it's the reason our country's suffering because if you don't have great, our, our founders told us the only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated and moral citizenry that can self-govern. And these unions are undermining the education on purpose, dumbing it down and undermining the morals and undermining families. And so they really are uh, a domestic threat to our country. Absolutely. We're gonna take a quick break when we get back to talk more about those solutions since we get back. Hello, everyone. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Family, finances, faith, and freedom are four things that most of us would do almost anything to protect. At American Media Periscope, we trust the team at Sovereign Advisors with financial advice. With over 27 years of experience, a team that believes in people over profit and shares our views that family, finances, faith, and freedom need to be protected can help you protect your finances from erosion due to governmental policies that are out of our control. What is in our control? Our own decision to act or to not act. At American Media Periscope, we encourage you to act. Action changes things. Call Sovereign Advisors today, ask your Dr. Kirk Elliott, and start working with a team that will help you protect your retirement assets while sharing your desire to protect family, faith, and freedom. Call them today at 720-605-3900 and tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Remember, freedom, it's up to us. 
talking to Rebecca Friedrichs about her journey from 28 years as a school teacher, uh, working, really trying to find out how to reform the system from the inside, but that didn't seem to work, took it to the Supreme Court. Uh, what happened with that case? So our case was heard in January 2016, and we convinced a majority of justices that, including Justice Scalia, who was our swing vote, that um, collective bargaining in the public sector is political 100% of the time. So we were able to convince them that no one should be forced to fund unions. Um, unfortunately, Justice Scalia died one month after our case was heard. So we ended up with a tied vote, but thankfully another case was built on ours. So we got the we got the ball to the one yard line. This other case came in after Trump won and we had a new justice and they got the ball over the finish line. So in June, 2018, every single government employee in the United States of America was freed from forced unionism. No one has to pay them anymore if you're a government employee, but most people have no idea because the unions did something called the Friedrichs fix, where they went to all the, uh, the legislatures that they control, uh, mostly blue states, and they passed a bunch of laws that made it impossible for employers to tell employees their rights uh, and, and just all kinds of, of issues where it's really hard for government employees to understand that they've been freed from forced unionism. A lot of them still don't realize that their uh, union is corrupt as well. So that's our job for kids in country. We just are, we just get the message out there that, hey, a lot of these government unions are corrupt. They're not doing what they claim they're doing. They're using you. And hey, guess what? You don't have to pay them anymore. That's probably refreshing to hear because people are trying to save any bit they can. Inflation, you know, is attacking their paycheck anyway. Uh, but you described a couple of things that were shocking to me. One is that unions are buying off the mainstream media, including Media Matters, uh, who are writing hit pieces against you. Uh, also, you just said that they control a lot of state legislatures. Uh, that's a lot of power for a union. Uh, can, you, can you talk about uh, this power structure, what their goals are, who's funding it, who's really behind it, who are the puppet masters, and have they targeted you and used any of these mafia tactics uh, personally against you? Because you seem to really uh, be shining a light on, on uh, what they're doing. Well, sure. They used the mafia tactics on me my entire career as a teacher. When you dare to stand up and you dare to push back, they bully you. Uh, they, I write in my book, they use fear, intimidation, isolation, and ignorance. And by ignorance, I mean, they lie to teachers and, and other government employees. They, you know, they tell you we're your savior. We're here to, you're going to get sued and you need us to protect you. And uh, they, they literally, um, for instance, they told us as teachers that, that if parents had choice in education, if they had the freedom to to decide where their children go to school, that we'd all lose our jobs. You know, that, that there would be no place for teachers. I mean, it's just ridiculous stuff. So um, they, they not only use deceit, and bullying and isolation and fear, um, but you know they, they're also pushing this radical political agenda. So you asked who's funding it? Well, the, the unions themselves, the government unions, this is the insidious part. We, the people are funding them. So for over 40 years, if you were a government employee in a union shop, you were forced to fund them. And as I said before, they collect billions 
billions and billions from um, unsuspecting Americans who think they're funding a union that's really helping them. They're actually funding the demise of their own country, the demise of their liberties, the demise of their families, the demise of their schools. So, um, and this is many of our government unions are uh, are corrupted like this. Uh, they're they're involved with the the same agenda that's being pushed through the United Nations. Uh, you can listen to the information coming out of the World Economic Forum and this whole uh, globalism and all of that. The teachers unions use the exact same. Um, talking points. They're pushing the exact same agenda as, as these folks who are really, uh, their main goal is to undermine our American free republic. And so, um, we the people need to stop funding them. And I can, I can walk your, your viewers on how to do that and how to help people to get out of these unions. Absolutely. But are these union bosses, are, are they collecting big paychecks? Are, are, are they uh, taking, bribes? Are they taking money secretively? Are there black budgets? You know, uh, who's getting rich off of this, you know, following the money? Yeah, I'll tell you what. So one of the things we expose in the movie is Randy Weingarten's salary. She's the president of the smaller National Teacher Union. Her salary is over $550,000 a year. Uh, off the backs of teachers making 60 grand. Uh, most teachers have no idea. And when you start looking at the salaries of all the leadership in the national teachers unions, it's shocking how much money they make. And, and they have phones and, you know, they're getting their car loans through the union, all kinds of stuff that your average union member isn't getting that perk. They also live a lim limousine lifestyle off the backs of teachers. For example, the National Education Association has some leaders who get a housing allowance on top of their massive salary. Um, and, and then they're partying all the time off our backs. When you go to these state and national level, level conventions, you see the type of lifestyle they live off of a bunch of, a, you know, a, average workers out there, they're, they're having parties in different suites in the hotels uh, with, you know, free flowing alcohol and expensive foods. So, and that's just what I've witnessed myself. As far as dark money, you know, I have always dreamed of having the money to hire, it, uh, you know, uh, what do you call those accountants that get in there and, and see the truth? Um, I would love that if we can all raise the millions to get those types of accountants in there and actually look at their books and find out. Because unfortunately, the unions have some perks on their 990s. They don't have to list everything they're donating their money to, like you and I would have to do. So it's really, um, they've done a lot to get a lot of favors for themselves. They do control many legislatures. I believe they control the Biden uh, regime. They put them in office. Uh, they, they, they spend millions and billions putting these people into office. And it's always far left, what I would call regressive. They call them progressive. But um, to do things to literally undermine our free republic, you can thank the so-called teacher unions and other corrupt government unions for that. So what can taxpayers do, parents, uh, teachers, the different people who are affected by this, how can they step up and help change it? Well, we have something we call For Kids and Country. Uh, you can find us at forkidsandcountry.org. Or if you're visiting the movie, whosechildrenarethey.com, you can click on Join the Movement, and it'll bring you to forkidsandcountry.org. And just click, once you get on our page, click Join the Movement, and it'll take you to a landing page. We teach you, number one, how to adopt a teacher. It takes three minutes to learn. Teachers have no idea. Most teachers literally have no idea that their unions are the fox in the hen house. So adopt them, put your arm around them. Then we literally teach teachers and all government employees 
how to union exit, how to stop funding the union. You don't have to pay them anymore. So all they have to do on that landing page is click union exit. We walk them through everything. We also show them how to get liability insurance because teachers believe they're going to be sued. We have better options. Uh, we send you to these options, not from us, but we're folks we work with. Twice the coverage, a fraction of the price, no politics. We also have school options for families. You're not, you don't have to be stuck in a government uh, school. You, and if you can't homeschool, that's okay. There's dozens of other options. So you just click on school options and we help you with that too. We also expose the union agenda. And we also have some toolkits to empower folks. So that's the best way we can empower people. As far as taxpayers go, I have a dream <laughs> that we can lower taxes and stop allowing the government to fund our education. Lower taxes across the board, and then we fund our own education for our children would be so much better. Our founders never, ever desired for the government to be involved in our schools, to tell us what to teach, to be funding our schools, and to be destroying our country. Very, very important that we get government out of our schools. Absolutely. You know, the thing that's is really poked the bear in the last uh, two years is the fact that parents are waking up to the indoctrination. They're standing up, they're going to the school board meetings, they're asking the right questions. And they're trying to figure out who's behind it. You know, like who is pushing this stuff? Who's making money off of it? And, uh, you know, I think this is a really important part of the puzzle. And I think the, the, the different tools that you have on your website are great for anyone to dig into and to start getting involved, make a real difference in their community, to, to wake up just one teacher uh, and help them save money, right? I mean, it's really helping the bottom line of every person, help them get, as you said, get liability insurance, double the coverage, fraction of the cost. I mean, I think that would perk up the ears of any teacher uh, right away. So this is something people are receptive to, right? Absolutely. Once they learn about it, they're, they're so excited because no one knows what to do. They can't figure out why things are such a mess. And it's the so-called teacher unions are the reason. Those nasty school boards, all those school board members that are abusing parents, all of them were put uh, into office by so-called teacher unions. So uh, if, you know, if a great person from your community gets on the school board and then they get bullied off the school board or, you know, people come and pick at them, that's the so-called teacher unions. They've also undermined the PTA. Don't trust the PTA anymore. They're controlled by the so-called teacher union. So every, it, the National School Board Association, that's a union misrepresenting school board members. So it really is the government unions. If we can get them out and get their special interest groups out, we really can fix this. And by the way, you know, teachers can exit the union. They can leave today, but they've always had the right for um, any government employee in a union shop, including teachers, have always had the right. If you stand together 50% plus one person in your union shop, you can decertify the union, kick them out. That's what I dream of. I dream of making them illegal too. We never should have had government unions. And if you really look at the history of the United States and when things really started to go wrong in the 1960s, that's exactly the same time when government unions were allowed to start organizing people and collective bargaining and they kicked the parents and the taxpayers out of the equation. So uh, getting these government unions out of our agencies and our institutions, I think is the first step to restoring America. Yeah, that's so insightful. But what's confusing to me is what makes a public union worse than a private sector union? What makes a union that's functional and does represent its people uh, different from this type of institution that's so easily corrupted? That's a great question. So a private union, if they do all this corrupt 
you know, playing politics and everything else, they're going to put the company out of business. You know, they're, they're not going to represent their employees well because they'll destroy the company. That's happened a couple of times, actually. But in a government union, you're not you're not using private dollars. Government unions, number one, they are collecting dues via paychecks. So the taxpayer is collecting the dues for the unions, handing it over to them. And now these government unions are running 100% on taxpayer money. Because think about it, government employees are funded and paid by taxpayers. So now they pay their dues that they've been forced to pay. And these private organizations called unions, government unions, take taxpayer dollars. And now they use all that money to put their selected people in office, not my selected people, not we the people's choice of people, but their selected people into office, people like Biden and those who are clearly working to undermine our country, put into office by these government unions. And then when they put someone in office or put someone on the school board, now they sit across the table from the folks they put in office and bargain with them. That's corrupt every single day when you're bargaining with the people you've actually put in office or you're saying, hey, don't give me what you want, you're out, right? So that's corrupt right. and the taxpayer's been removed. The taxpayer's funding it all, they've been removed. The parents are the stakeholder, it's their yeah. child, they've been removed from the process, it's corrupt. It's basically like a legal bribe where they donate to a campaign or, or whatever and then the people get in they're like, okay, you're ready to return the favor. And there's all this money flowing. So they're using that money to enrich themselves. But the crazy and creepy part is that they're pushing an agenda that's subversive and anti-child. And I think the masking and all the stuff that they've been doing to the kids the last two years is really waking up parents uh, to what's going on. So thank you for playing your part in waking everyone up. Make sure you go to Rebecca's website and get involved. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Alexandra Bruce from ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net. She's going to give us a breaking news update. Helping their customers achieve global connectivity is the driving force behind this brand story. Satellite phones from Whenever Communications provide voice, SMS, and data services without the need for cellular network. So travel with confidence, knowing you're covered absolutely anywhere on Earth. Satellite communications uh, for me started after a disaster that happened in Indonesia. At the time I was in communications, but more of on a local cellular communications. We started looking for different alternatives uh, to stay connected. Cell towers go down, landlines are no longer available, and we came across technology of satellite communications. Uh, everything from voice to data. We give people the ability to communicate wherever they want to go, whether it's just helping somebody work remotely or stay safe or feel safe if they're going offshore or have more redundancy for their business. So being able to give people that communications and reliability is really joy mine. Visit privatesatphone.com today for a free satellite phone with the purchase of a monthly service plan. We are back with Alexandra Bruce from ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net. She curates the hottest alternative news stories of the day, sends them directly to your inbox. Make sure you sign up at her site. Alexandra, what do you have for us today? Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Wow, what, uh, what an advocate for families, children, and, you know, this country. It's, it's amazing what's going on with these unions, and you have to think that they've been, they're being controlled by enemies of this country. It's just absurd what's going on out there. Um, 
and, you know, we're watching the unfolding of the biggest betrayal in human history. And it's, it's from so many angles, it's just uh, stunning. You know, and the Biden regime is doing nothing to de-escalate the war in Ukraine because they need something to cover up all of their crimes. Um, and but this, uh, the fact that the legacy dinosaur media is finally starting to acknowledge Hunter Biden's laptop from hell may mean that uh, a major reversal is in the works for the Biden crime family. Uh, Jack Maxey was one of the first journalists to be given access to a copy of Hunter Biden's hard drives, which contained shocking evidence of moral and financial corruption within the Biden family in what Maxey calls the biggest national security scandal in the history of our planet. Uh, Maxey was visibly traumatized as he described a dozen hours of Hunter smoking crack and there's child pornography, including of Hunter with his own uh, 12, at the time, 12-year-old niece. Uh, he also was having an affair with this niece's mother and the mother's sister, which really, it makes me think of MK Ultra. that maybe maybe this is a monarch, if you've ever heard of the Monarch Project, um, you know, Kathy O'Brien's story. It, maybe this whole family is, is wrapped up in it because this behavior is just so incredibly insane. So the FBI had this laptop before uh, the first Trump impeachment, and there, you know, was a concentrated effort to protect Biden and his family. And uh, I didn't have time today because I just saw it, but uh, Jack Maxey is now in Switzerland uh, with some more updates, which I'll talk about in a second. But uh, this is part of an interview that he did on LifeSite News back in March of 2021. Watch. Yeah, there. Uh, I think that one of the things that your viewers should really understand, though, is that the FBI got this laptop on December 9th of 2019. And so they've known everything that's in this for now almost a year and a half. And had the American people been aware of what was in this, there is no possible way in my mind that Joe Biden could have even entered the Democratic primaries. So this is something that really affects people across the entire political spectrum. And we have to ask ourselves why. Why would they not reveal this to the American people? Why would they run a protection racket for Joe Biden? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's a question that needs to be answered. Let's take a look at this quick clip. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, in talking to one of the mainstream media sources, went out there and said he basically staked his own whole legal reputation representation or reputation uh, on the veracity of the Hunter Biden laptop being a real thing. Take a look. Separate verification of it with independent experts. And they came to the conclusion that it's his hard drive. There are internal uh, pieces of information here that only he could have that I know from my investigation. Mm -hmm. We also have his uh, signature and uh, and the, and the gentleman who had it, it was in his constant possession for all that period of time. Right, so there so are witnesses that can, that can testify to it. I mean, all of the issues that are brought up are phony issues. This is Hunter Biden's laptop. His voice is on it. His signature is on the receipt. There are things in here that only he could know. And when you look at the photograph section, you're darn right it's his, his laptop and it's disgusting. And it includes a large number of underage girls. All right. Well, we, we can talk about underage girls in, in just a little bit. So, I mean, is there anything in this that uh, made you yourself question its veracity? Nothing in it. It seems almost as if uh, 
every time I chase down a rabbit hole, I find something more horrible each and every time. Uh, Just for example, just yesterday, I was looking through some things, trying to find out some things that he had done with the Chinese communists. And we can go into this a little bit more detail, perhaps. But there was a private equity fund called Bohai Harvest, for which the Chinese National Bank, i.e. the Bank of China, Chinese Communist Bank, gave Hunter and his partners $1.5 billion committed to invest in private equity. Now, these guys knew nothing about private equity, or they certainly didn't know enough to get $1.5 billion from the Chinese National Bank, particularly when institutions like Goldman Sachs were not able to ever cut deals like that. And so you have to begin to question, was it for access? I believe it was. And for example, in 2014, his father is vice president at this time, and he uh, is in communications with the Chinese handlers in Beijing. And the actual title of the uh, email is Chairman Z's trip to Los Angeles. And Devin and Hunter are tasked with uh, getting Chairman Z in to see two solar panel companies or two solar technology companies based in Southern California. These were two companies that the Chinese were interested in purchasing. Now, they were probably going to do that through this Bohai Harvest Private Equity Fund. But when you have the son of the vice president and his crooked partner, essentially defining the uh, schedule for the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party on a trip to the United States with the purpose of using his influence to get two American companies to sell to the Chinese, that is a far a violation like one can't believe. And the So the files on what Trump dubbed the laptop from hell detailed um, Hunter's direct involvement with Chairman Xi Jinping, uh, the Biden family's Beijing-backed business deals all over the world, and possible Chinese infiltration of the U.S. government with Hunter Biden's help. The emails show Hunter Biden and the Chinese eventually scrambling to clean up their mess as the Biden's top business contacts end up arrested or disappeared. Maxi says Hunter even went as far as to purposefully incriminate his own family members, including his president father, to protect himself. Most stunning of all, the American intelligence community knew for years about what Rudy Giuliani has called the Biden crime family, and they did nothing about it for darker reasons than you might think. In another interview Max, Maxie did a few months later in May of 2021 with Eric Metaxas, Maxie got into even crazier details about what he discovered on Hunter Biden's laptop, like the time former FBI director Louis Free did everything in his power to derail a legal case in Romania for the purpose of protecting Hunter's Chinese business deal there, what he calls a true criminal conspiracy. The Chinese were in Romania because they wanted to buy the Poesti oil fields, he says. So they hooked Hunter up with these oligarchs around the world, having Hunter's hedge fund buy them on their behalf as middlemen. And this is the way that the Chinese bribe people. However, their target, Gabriel Papavicu, had been convicted of corruption and for defrauding the government on some real estate deals, and he was looking at several years in jail. So Hunter called his family friend, former FBI, uh, family friend rather, former FBI director and former New York federal judge, Louis Free, who immediately sets about enlisting FBI agents working for the State Department in Eastern Europe 
and FBI agents working at the Romanian Anti-Corruption Academy. Agents who were supposed to be training Romanian agents in anti-corruption, and they tried to overturn this conviction. So this was in the spring of 2016 when Joe Biden and Ambassador Yovanovitch and George Kent and Fiona Hill were all over Ukraine getting rid of people, uh, you know, of quote unquote crooked prosecutors when actually in their own writing, they're trying to take down a woman prosecutor who's considered to be an incorruptible, excellent, best prosecutor in the history of Romania. In 2020, Rudy Gianni uh, uncovered a very similar pattern in Ukraine, where the new U.S.-trained anti-corruption agency in Ukraine formed in the wake of Obama's coup there in 2014. They presided over an unholy amount of corruption by their corrupt U.S. State Department overlords. So uh, Louis Free didn't care. You know, uh, The only question that comes up in the emails is, are we going to get paid? And this is in all the emails, and Louis Free assures his partner at the law firm that is made up, his law firm, okay, that is made up of former, former federal prosecutors, one of whom was a former U.S. appointed head at Interpol, okay? Uh, they were, we're definitely going to get paid, guys, he says, because this, you know, my guys check this guy out and he's worth billions. So Maxi says, there's half a dozen people outside of uh, Louis Free, Free Sullivan and Hunter, who are power players in Washington who know all about this arrangement. And he says he has all the emails and he's outlining, uh, and it's all outlining Louis Free's plan to take down the Romanian prosecutor saying, we're gonna get this woman. And it's just like bending over backwards and totally obsequious and eager to do more work for Hunter and Joe Biden like this, like just completely corrupt. And it's all on the laptop and it's such horrible, it's such a horrible look for the FBI that they had to call the whole matter national security. A confidential informant friend of Maxie's confirmed that Louis Free was very close with Peter Strzok in the 1990s, back when they were capturing Russian spies after the fall of the wall. And he's also 90% sure that James Comey was the executive officer between those spy catcher teams and Louis Free. So this FBI cabal that, you know, dominated the Trump presidency, it goes well, you know, goes back to the 1990s. And so here's a... Uh, uh, part of that second uh, interview with Eric Metaxas. Laptop had been turned over by the Baltimore guy to the FBI or somebody. It was turned over to the FBI, but remember it was turned over on December 9th of 2019. And he'd been trying to get the FBI to take it for nearly two months before this guy from Northern New Jersey shows up. Now, that means that the FBI was in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop all the way through the first impeachment. It means that they were in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop and watched Joe Biden go through the Democratic primaries, keeping great people like Tulsi Gabbard and others from uh, getting the nomination and perhaps having a real debate in this country about the future. This was absolute interference, and particularly because much of the evidence concerning Ukraine that's all over this computer was exculpatory for President uh, Trump in the first impeachment. So if my contention is correct, that Louis Free was the first call of the Bidens in 2019, I bet his second call was to Pete Strzok, and I bet Pete Strzok put it out that anybody that finds this laptop, somebody called up with the laptop, that this is part of national security, this goes to the counter-espionage group, and therefore straight down the black hole, never to be seen nor heard of again. 
And it explains the threat of the FBI agent against Mac Isaacs when he's Mac Isaacs says, I'm really glad you guys finally showed up. I've been afraid of my life with all the information on here. And the guy says, in my experience, people who don't effing talk have nothing to worry about. I think the FBI walked out of there thinking they had the only copy. I think they should all be sweating right now. And it's not just the FBI. It's a multitude of other Washington insiders who are all tied in on all these emails. Everybody knows what's going on. It's so dirty. It's so disgusting uh, to anybody who loves this country, who loves freedom, uh, who loves Nathan Hale and George Washington and the heroes uh, that have fought and died. Uh, it is so foul. Um, so these interviews that I've been showing you are a year old and they've got so little coverage. It's just um, it's just stunning. Okay. And as Maxie said, this is just a fraction of the criminal behavior that these people are engaged in all over the world. And in every case, he said, I want your listeners to understand this. The communist Chinese are pulling the strings every single time. Maxie complained that none of the so-called good guys in Congress would take this laptop and everybody was afraid. And everybody had this general sense that the government can pick winners and losers. They can audit you, they can decide, just as uh, Berea said to Stalin, you show me the man, and I'll find you the crime. And as his friend Lee Smith told him, we don't have a two-tier justice system, as so many are wont to say. We have targets and people who are not targets. And that's really what we've been observing. Uh, that's really what we started to really see in, in living color during the, the Trump administration. Um, and so we still have not seen any retraction from the 50 intelligence officials who claimed that the Russian, that the laptop was Russian disinformation. And it's interesting to see that these uh, Jack Maxey interviews a year later, you know, after things have gotten so immeasurably and incomprehensibly worse between the tyrannical vax genocide, the catastrophic retreat from Afghanistan, the historic inflation, the doubling of gas and certain food prices, and of course the precipice of World War III. And um, so the, this interview that I saw uh, just before coming on here, He's just saying there's nobody in Congress on any side of the aisle who should be there any longer because they have had this and they have done nothing about it. And, uh, you know, everybody's controlled, everybody's blackmailed. And that's why this thing has just, this Biden presidency has ground on and on and on, you know, grinding us down. And so in other news, other, you know, hair-raising news, we have uh, Dr. Ariana Love who joined Stu Peters to discuss the Pentagon-run biolabs in Ukraine. Uh, she believes that the Russian military reports about U.S.-operated biolabs in Ukraine are credible, and she affirms that Russia's incursion into Ukraine is indeed for the denazification and the demilitarization of the country, as well as to seize control and destroy and expose the U.S. biolabs to the world, and that Russia is indeed liberating the Ukrainian people after eight years of genocide and ethnic cleansing uh, by the corrupt U.S. puppet government of Ukraine installed by Obama. And that's another thing that's on the Hunter uh, Biden laptop is, uh, you know, his, his firm was in, invested in Metabiota just sort of as a front because it really was a, a Defense Department operation to make these the things that they're injecting us with now. She has evidence that the U.S. deep state and NATO allies have been using Ukraine for the manufacturing and the exportation of biological weapons for this COVID-19 genocide saying, quote, Russia exposed that the US government, DOD and NATO partners funded and operated 
30 biolabs in Ukraine under the COVID-19 prevention program. But in actuality, they were producing bioweapons that are being used in this vaccine holocaust. Russia revealed 145 species of bioweapons that have been studied in Ukraine, and two of them are crossing into Russia. This is according to Russian military reports. Parasite and insect vectors that transmit severe infectious diseases to humans were being smuggled out of Ukraine, and the biosamples were being transferred abroad from a biolab in Kharkiv, which if you recall at the very beginning of the Russian incursion was got, got a lot of fire by the Russian military. And it was could be that these uh, biosamples were being uh, transferred and, and uh, secreted out through State Department diplomatic pouches. I wouldn't be surprised. And probably evidence of that is on the computer as well. Routes into Europe were already being mapped out and they were working on dangerous coronavirus specimens and how to spread it among populations. This was revealed by the Russians. Classified documents captured by the Russians reveal the paper trail between Ukrainian biolabs and the Doherty Institute in Australia, which is of course one of the most horribly uh, you know, wrecked uh, democracies on the planet right now. And uh, through the Victoria Infectious Diseases Laboratory in Melbourne. And they were caught importing blood serum from Ukrainian biolabs. And she said that there were 350 cryo containings containing these blood serum specimens, and they were being used under the pretense of antibody research. Uh, the former president, Barack Obama himself, had authorized the financing and construction of these biolabs for creating level three dangerous pathogens back in 2005 when he was still an Illinois senator. So this is like, that's just what a deep state helicoptered in horrific criminal that Biden, uh, Obama was also. And so it was the Obama-Biden regime that established the coup d'etat in Kiev. The Azov Battalion Nazis that are wreaking havoc in Ukraine were funded by Jewish oligarchs of all people, funding Nazis with, uh, you know, and they have dual nationalities with Israel, you know, such as Igor uh, Kolomoisky. Uh, the Azov Nazis were uh, supplied with Tabor rifles by the Israeli state and the neo-Nazis were able to officially integrate into the National Guard of Ukraine in 2014. Former Marine Corps officer uh, Scott Ritter told George Galloway that the first troops to be trained by the US and British soldiers were the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion. So the Nazis violently overthrew the legitimate president of Ukraine and forced their way into the government. The Zelensky puppet regime and the militarized Nazis have been committing war crime atrocities and have been targeting Russian Christian Ukrainians ever since, unquote. In other words, bad actors inside the United States, Barack Obama and Joe Biden, along with the State Department and the CIA, conducted a violent overthrow of the democratic elected government, staging BLM riots, style riots, practicing the same meddling and election theft as they implemented here in the US, all the psyops included, everything that we've been seeing, so that they could develop bioweapons to implement the vaccine genocide. Dr. Love continues, quote, the US government released document in a document in 2020 admitting that the biolabs were for vaccine development and the US Department of State had full control over everything that happened inside those biolabs. Russia revealed that the US was developing plague, anthrax, cholera, Ebola, filoviruses, and much, much more. Ebola is in the Johnson & Johnson and Sinovac patents. The filovirus is used in Moderna. 
So it's clear that the illegal pathogens from these biolabs have been used to inoculate the world's population for this democide. She says we should be thanking Russia for exposing this to the world and destroying those labs. Russia also mentioned that the H5N1 and the H1N1 were also being produced in those labs. The H1N1 induced a smallpox, and she also found an mRNA nanotechnology vaccine patent for cattle using H5N1 and H1N1 and the deadly brucella bacteria. So these bioweapons made in Ukraine are also being used to poison and genetically modify our food supply. Journalist Diliana Gazandieva reported that the Pentagon unleashed deadly antibiotic resistant bacteria on the local civilian population and on allied troops, according to the leaked documents. So the Pentagon was experimenting on 4,400 soldiers in Ukraine and another 1,000 in Georgia. And the documents read that the deaths should be reported to the US government. So the US personnel at these biolabs were given diplomatic immunity, although they are not diplomats, and they are indemnified from the deaths and the injuries caused to the local population. There are 13 lethal bacteria being tested on troops and civilians in Ukraine. The Bacillus anthraxis, that's anthrax. It can be disseminated by aerial spraying. And she found uh, patents for removing plasma DNA from the Bacillus anthraxis bacteria using the CRISPR-Cas system that's owned by China. And there was the Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever that has 40% lethality, parasites, worms, more deadly bacteria that have, you know, 60% lethality that cause Lyme disease and chronic brain diseases, you know, things like prions and many, many more things are being manufactured in Ukraine. And the most chilling thing of all, they were, be, they were targeting ethnic groups. So one of the things that they were doing in these biolabs is that they were figuring out a way to selectively target specific ethnic groups. Uh, and they can make these weapons more lethal or less lethal to certain ethnic groups. She says, quote, there was a study released in December of last year, which reveals that ethnic groups are being, that are being the most genetically modified with this mRNA that have the most powerful you know, vaccine rollouts in their countries. And it happened to be Europeans and then South Asians, and that, that would be like uh, Iranians, where we saw a massive uh, outbreak, and, and then Africans, unquote. So one thing Dr. Love didn't mention is Hunter Biden's hedge fund financed Metabiota to do some of this weaponization, which I talked about two weeks ago, and I, I didn't know at the time. So uh, there's an NIH abstract uh, that I can show you that shows you how you know they they sort of back engineered how these things were were working. Meanwhile, Justin Trudeau spoke at the EU Parliament, where the members there showed more opposition to Trudeau's authoritarian policies than has ever been seen from Canada's own fake opposition. When the Croatian EU MP Mislav Kolaskuzic called the visiting Canadian prime minister, Justin Trudeau, a dictator to his face. He said, quote, freedom, the right to choose, the right to life, the right to health, the right to work for many of us are fundamental human rights for which millions of citizens of Europe and the world have laid down their lives, he said. Canada, once a symbol of the modern world, has become a symbol of civil rights violations. We watched how you trampled women and horses, how you blocked the bank accounts of single parents so that they can't even pay for their children's education and medicine, so that they can't even pay utilities, mortgages for their homes. To you, he continues, speaking Trudeau, these may be liberal methods, but for many citizens of the world, it is a dictatorship of the worst kind. Rest assured that the citizens of the world united can stop 
any regime that wants to destroy the freedom of citizens, either by bombs or harmful pharmaceutical products, unquote. And then here is what the German EU MP Christian, Christian Christine rather, Anderson had to say to Justin Trudeau. Article 195 out that it would have been more appropriate for Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, to address this House according to Article 144, an article which was specifically designed to debate violations of human rights, democracy, and the rule of law, which is clearly the case with Mr. Trudeau. Then again, a prime minister who openly admires the Chinese basic dictatorship who tramples on fundamental rights by persecuting and criminalizing his own citizens as terrorists just because they dared to stand up to his perverted concept of democracy should not be allowed to speak in this house at all. Mr. Trudeau, you are a disgrace for any democracy. Please spare us your presence. Thank you. I like her. So, you know, meanwhile, uh, it's disheartening to know that the new Supreme Court nominee is running cover for child porn distributors. In comes the internet. On the internet, with one click, you can receive, you can distribute tens of thousands. You can be doing this for 15 minutes, and all of a sudden, you are looking at 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. Cut. Good. I understand. Absolutely good. I hope you are. To do good. Allow her to finish, please. I hope you go to jail for 50 years. If you're on the Internet trolling for images please. of children and sexual exploitation. So, so you don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a that's horrible not thing. That's what the witness said, and she should be allowed. It's very well known and studied that there is basically a 100% recidivism rate for pedophiles. They always offend again, and if they get caught, they always go back to jail. So I'll leave you with the following meme. Back to you. Thank you, Alexandra. We're going to go to a quick break. When we get back, I'll give you the final announcements. Hello everyone, this is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.net, America's Patriot-only super channel. On March 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, James Grumfig and Scott McKay will be doing a Zoom town hall event. You can call in, ask questions, it is for premium subscribers only, so make sure you sign up on our homepage. On April 1st and 2nd, John Michael Chambers will be doing a speech at the Reawakening America Tour in Salem, Oregon. You can go in real life in Salem, Oregon, or you can watch remotely. Check that out. On tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on Making Sense of the Madness, we're going to be interviewing Jim Cutler 
about the latest state of the devolution plan. It's going to be a great show. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you sign up for my breaking news updates at seanmorganreport.com. Up next is Scott McKay, the Patriot Street Fighter at 7 p.m. Eastern. God bless all you Patriots. Good night and good luck.